Hey, welcome to the Bible Savvy Podcast, a weekly conversation on how to understand, enjoy, and apply God's Word. I'm your host, Nikki Lucas, and I'm joined by Executive Pastor Eric Ferris and our special guest and good friend, Josh Height. What's hey, up, everybody? How's it going? Uh, it's good to have you here. Thanks uh, for having me. Appreciate it. Josh is our high school and college pastor. He's passionate about discipling students and loves teaching the Bible. So we're excited to have him on the podcast today, but we're also excited because he's going to be leading us through the common method this week. Clayton's off enjoying some much needed vacation time. Clay, is this the second time Clayton's been out for a podcast recording? He has. Yeah. Nikki, how many podcasts have you missed? None. Ask me how many I've missed. How many have you missed? None. Mr. Producer, we would like trophies for our wow. consistent streak mm. of wow. podcast recordings. What episode is this? Uh, what episode is this? Episode 30? 30. Man, 30 in a row, Nikki. That is Way that go. is a seriously good streak. I would high five you right now. And this is a no high fives during COVID. I, I guess. know, that's what I'm saying. So this is a, a big moment in uh, Bible savvy podcast history because we have had plenty of guests at this point, mm-hmm. but we have never had someone come sit in the studio and be the comma guy as a first-time guest. Wow, so, wow I'm honored. Josh, you got to bring it, man. No kidding. Yeah. I feel like and, uh, i got really big shoes to fill. And, and what's extra fun about this is back in the day mm-hmm. when I was the student ministries director, Josh was a high school student, and then he was in my college ministry, mm-hmm. and then he became uh, an intern under me in student ministries, and now he is on staff leading high school and college ministries. Isn't that so, awesome? That's nuts. The joy of that and him being here being comma guy, this is good stuff. So bring it, Josh. Good. All right. Wow. All right. Well, Josh, before we get into the passage, yep. we're going to do a couple of fun get-to-know-you questions, so I hope you're ready for that. Okay. I'm going to start us off. Let's let's hear what your favorite hobbies are. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, I've got an amazing wife and two young boys at home, so one of my favorite hobbies is just hanging out with them, like just anything to do with those guys. Uh, but like a personal hobby, I love fishing. I love fishing, getting out in the water uh, or on the bank. I don't have a boat right now, so, you know, that's okay. But, uh, yeah, just, just fishing, being out in creation, hunting some fish. What, the jam. <sighs> what kind of fishing do you do? Yeah, mostly just bass fishing. I did get to go trout fishing the other day, though, so we were up way early. It was like 3 o'clock in the morning and got out there and, and uh, caught a few I'm pretty proud of, not going to lie, not going to lie, so that was fun. Nice. Yeah. Well, there you go. As someone who never really fishes. Really? Never really. R-E-E-L-Y? Really? Mm. Fishing? Re- never mind. Josh, Josh, it was just like one minute ago <laughs> that I said, bring it. <laughs> And this is what you bring? <laughs> Terrible puns? What is the difference between bass fishing and trout fishing? Is it just where you go fishing? It's what you're fishing for. Uh, so bass and trout are two different species of fish. Yeah. Well, uh, I know. So, <laughs> that wasn't obvious. Yeah, just we're turning this into a Nat Geo podcast. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so basically it could be where you're fishing them. It's also like what you'd be fishing them with. Different fish like different things. And How so, would you know if bass were in a body of water? That's a great question. Uh, for me, I'm not all that experienced you know, of an angler, so I would probably not know until I caught one. Uh, but for the most part, bass are pretty common in this area. So you, know, you just kind of throw something in there. If it bites, reel it in and see what it is. So when you say you're going bass fishing, mm-hmm. you're specifically trying to catch bass, but yes. you don't even necessarily know if that kind of fish is actually in the water? That's part of the, that's part of the joy of it, you know? And then do you use certain kinds of lures or baits to particularly try to catch bass? Yes. Yes, you do. What do you put on the hook to catch a bass? Uh, well, it depends. Uh, this is going to be a, this is going to be a boring for some people, but man, this is fun for me. Uh, so yeah, I mean, it, you could have what they call soft plastic baits. So there are baits that look like worms or crawfish or things that bass would eat. There's also hard body baits that look like small fish. Mm-hmm. Bass are predatory fish. And so they go after other things that look like fish. So you throw them out there, reel them back in and see if you can, I don't know, surprise one, spook one trick one into thinking that's a real fish and then you've got it 
I regretted asking the question <laughs> about 10 <laughs> seconds into his answer. So what is what I've learned? I don't like fishing and I don't like hearing other people <laughs> oh, talk about fishing. <laughs> well, I just wanted I'm to confirm you, that I'm going to take you out soul. at some point. I'm going to take you out at some point and, you're, and we're going to redeem your thoughts on fishing. You might not love okay. it, but you'll at least put up with it. There is a pond by my house and I do take my 10-year-old daughter Perfect. fishing. But that's just kind of like silly kid fishing. Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? It's not like something I go do for hours. I do so. the same thing with my four-year-old. Anyway. There you go. Well, Eric, do you have a question or were all of your questions based on the <laughs> lures? And I have used up all of my questions for okay. Josh. <laughs> okay. Well, then we are going to get right into it. Josh, cool. you are comma guy today. So why don't you yeah. tell us about the passage we're looking at? Today? Sure. So we're going to be reading in Matthew chapter 12. Uh, we're going to be looking at interaction that Jesus has with some Pharisees. Uh, there is some... Uh, uh, Spirits being cast out here as well. So like it's pretty it's kind of an intense passage. I was told we need to pick a hard one. So I want to give some context before we jump in, and then we're gonna have uh Ferris read our passage for today. So uh, you guys kind of set this up a few weeks ago that the gospel of Matthew uh, is one that is really highlighting Jesus as king. And so this is a this is a gospel written to Jewish people who would have been anticipating this Messiah. And so what we see kind of coming up to this passage of scripture is Jesus really doing some things that point to him as king. He's really disrupting some of the narratives uh, of that world. He actually he actually just a, a chapter before beforehand, uh, does some work on the Sabbath and healing somebody while his disciples are picking some grain. And so uh, the Pharisees get all mad and bent out of shape that he's like shaking up this thing that's supposed to be really important to them. He's like, hey, I'm doing something new here. Like I'm, we're, we're about to make something awesome happen. And then he kind of points out his identity as God's chosen servant right before we jump into where we're about to read. And then we see this interaction, Jesus and Beelzebul that we come up to in Matthew chapter 12, uh, verse 22 to 37. Uh, and so that's some of the context we're looking at right now. Jesus kind of inaugurating his kingdom, saying, I'm king, I'm the one you've been waiting for, and I'm going to do some things that are going to point to who I am and what I am up to, and that's where we're at today. Awesome. Ferris, I heard you like reading short chapters or passages that are really simple to understand, so I picked a a, a little one for you. Would you mind reading? All right, then, Matthew chapter 12, verses 22 to 37. Then they brought him a demon-possessed man who was blind and mute, and Jesus healed him so that he could both talk and see. All the people were astonished and said, Could this be the son of David? But when the Pharisees heard this, they said, It is only by Beelzebul, the prince of demons, that this fellow drives out demons. Jesus knew their thoughts and said to them, Every kingdom divided against itself will be ruined, and every city or household divided against itself will not stand. If Satan drives out Satan, he is divided against himself. How then can his kingdom stand? And if I drive out demons by Beelzebul, by whom do your people drive them out? So then, they will be your judges. But if it is by the Spirit of God that I drive out demons, then the kingdom of God has come upon you. Or again, how can anyone enter a strong man's house and carry off his possessions unless first he ties up the strong man? Then he can plunder the house. Whoever is not with me is against me, and whoever does not gather with me scatters. And so I tell you, every kind of sin and slander can be forgiven, but blasphemy against the Spirit will not be forgiven. Anyone who speaks a word against the Son of Man will be forgiven, but anyone who speaks against the Holy Spirit will not be forgiven, either in this age or the age to come. Make a tree good, and its fruit will be good, or make a tree bad, and its fruit will be bad. For a tree is recognized by its fruit. You brood of vipers, how can you who are evil say anything good? For the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. A good man brings good things out of the good stored up in him, and an evil man brings out evil things out of the evil stored up in him. But I tell you that everyone will have to give account 
on the day of judgment for every empty word they have spoken. For by your words you will be acquitted, and by your words you will be condemned. Thanks for reading that. Appreciate it. So uh, the next uh, sort of letter in our comma method is O for observations. And so as you guys were reading through this uh, just now or in preparation for this, what things stood out to you? What observations did you take from the passage? Uh, I thought right away about um, the question that uh, the people asked. Could this be the son of David? It's, mm-hmm. it's that, you know, the, they're thinking something. They're trying to kind of connect the dots from their history that they've yeah. heard and that maybe they've been waiting for. Um, and there's that, that astonishment of, oh, could this be? Yeah. You know, so. Yeah, that's good. It's funny to, to contrast that to them looking at him. Is this the son of David? Like this kind of kingly language there. And then the Pharisees like, this fellow, this, this fellow that drives out demons. There's like a very different way that they're mm-hmm. internalizing or interpreting Jesus here. Yeah. Are the Pharisees British? Mm. I don't this, think so. This <laughs> fellow. This, this fellow. <laughs> Excuse me, sir. Uh, what jumped out to me is that Jesus himself is saying, you can slander me, hmm. and that will be forgiven. You cannot slander the Holy Spirit yeah. and expect that to be forgiven. That is an astonishing statement yeah. that like packs a punch. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Is, is that something you want to unpack for a second? Because I, I wrote that down. Like, What do you make of those verses? Yeah, I had kind of like explain, right? Like, let's... That, that's a, that's a, sometimes I think that's one that people kind of get caught up like, oh, well, how do I know if I've mm-hmm. done that? Like, does yeah, that... If I, if I committed the unforgivable sin? Yeah. You're a comma guy, man. We yeah. can keep doing observations. We yeah, can unpack yeah. that. You lead the way. Well, I'd love, I think, because I think that's a valid observation here. I, I think there's, there's kind of a story unfolding here and that kind of sits right at the center. Uh, and, and so I think it's worth when, I think when I read that, I'm assuming when anybody reads it, there's like, wait a second. I thought forgiveness was like available for everything, and and ever, but that says right there I can't be forgiven if I do that. So I think it's worth kind of parking on for a second. We want to yeah. help people out. We want to help people understand scripture a little bit. So when we read that, what are we reading? What's it saying? That we won't be forgiven if we say something <laughs> bad about the Holy Spirit. <laughs> okay, sure, sure, that's fair. Now, Nikki, you just asked the question a minute yeah. ago, right? Like somebody might read that and go. Well, am I doing that? Like, how do I how do I know if I've I've done that? Like, I can look back and be like, well, did I lie today, or did I like cheat today, or did I steal today? Like, mm-hmm. but you know, how do I define? Did I did I blaspheme the Holy Spirit today? Like, I don't know. How do how would you identify that in in your own life, or could you do that in somebody else's life? I don't know. If you were taking stock of your day, how can you tell if you did that or not? Hmm. Here's here's what I might get at, right? Is, is if you're asking that question, if you're if you're afraid of that, right? Yeah. You probably aren't doing it. Because I think there's a sense of rejection going on with that statement. Like there's a rejection of what God's Holy Spirit is trying to do in you. And so if you're saying, hey, am I am I guilty of this? I don't know. I feel like you're probably not. Because if you are rejecting God's Holy Spirit, you don't really care about the sin in your life, right? You don't really care about your actions, you don't really care about what you're doing. And so like I think to ask that question is to say, I don't know if you're really wrestling with that, you're you're probably on the on the safe side of things. Maybe that's, maybe that's unfair, just like trying to make things feel easy. Well, I mean, I've definitely said that to people as a pastor, when people are wondering, like, have I, have I com- committed the sin that is unforgivable, or have I walked away f- from God so far that I mm-hmm. can't return? And that's one of the pastoral answers I give is, sure. the fact that you still care right. to ask the question means that God's Holy Spirit is still active in your life, drawing you to God, helping you see things for what they really are, and so... Just the question itself is evidence of the work of the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's a it's a great pastoral answer. 
um, you know, one of the things that I would I'd say, and we try to demonstrate in the podcast when we're talking about context, mm-hmm. is you have kind of uh, you have like historical background information that helps you understand that context helps you understand a passage. And then you have the literary context, mm-hmm. right? So when you're reading a very tricky verse like this one, yeah. where you're saying, well, what the heck do I do with that verse? Mm-hmm. We always want to remember to back up, right? One of the things I've, I've said in previous podcasts is when, when we see a tricky verse, we, we squint our eyes, we lean in, mm-hmm. we stare at that verse, and we just try to think really hard about that verse, which is often the wrong impulse if we really want to understand. The better thing to do is to pull out mm and appreciate the context of the whole conversation, because often it's the context that gives you the decoder ring for what in the world is being said in a particular verse. So as, as, as I'm looking at this whole conversation, right, it's the Pharisees saying that Jesus is driving out evil spirits yeah. by using evil spirits, right? And so Jesus then goes into a whole response, mm-hmm. right? Right. And so you had so you know his first part is that makes no sense, right? Like why would Satan drive himself out? A kingdom divided against itself is not going to stand. So he just very quickly says, one, it doesn't just make any logical sense, sure. Um, but then if you look at verse twenty nine, it says, or again. So he's saying now here's another here's another way to think about this. Here's another part of my response. Sure. How can anyone enter a strong man's house and carry off his possessions unless he first ties up the strong man? Then he can plunder the house. Uh, and then he goes into whoever's with me is against me. Whoever does not gather scatters. Um, and so there is a this and that thing mm-hmm. kind of going one on. Or, you're yep. either with me or, or you're against yep. me. Yep. Um, and I th- I think as I as I look at that as I look at those verses. And by the way, then after those verses, can you make a good tree? Like a good tree bears good, bears fruit, good fruit, a bad tree bears bad fruit. Right? Jesus doing this contrast. And I think what he's doing with the whole Holy Spirit conversation is you have evil spirits, Mm -hmm. and then you have the Holy Spirit, Mm -hmm. right? So you have evil and holy. Mm -hmm. So there's the contrast again. And what he's saying is you can talk bad about Jesus, and you can talk bad about me. But if you reject the Holy Spirit, who is the activity of God, Mm -hmm. if you shut that down, think about it like uh, like a moving sidewalk. If the Holy Spirit is the moving sidewalk that takes you from where you are to God, yeah. And you either shut down that sidewalk or you say, I'm not getting on that sidewalk. You have no chance. Um, so I think Jesus is pointing out something that's relatively simple, which then, Josh, make, I think makes your pastoral comment brilliant, mm-hmm. right? If you're even asking the sure. question, it means you haven't, you haven't sure. done that. Yeah. So. Yeah, yeah, that's good. That's good. Yeah, I think you, you mentioned this idea of kind of two categories, right? I was, I was looking at this as... as uh, I mean, really two kingdoms here, right? If, yeah. if Matthew is this kingdom gospel pointing to Jesus as king, he's building this picture that here's what it looks like in my kingdom, right? And here's what it looks like in this kingdom that, you know, you Pharisees might be participating in here, right? Or at least maybe you're rejecting the kingdom I'm trying to bring about. Uh, and so the, I, I agree with that, right? It's, it's God's spirit that is ultimately the one that draws you into this kingdom that Jesus is establishing. And so to reject that is to say, I don't want to participate in that kingdom. It's a willful disengagement from that, which I think is really important. And I think the other thing that stood out to me as far as observations go is, is the, the language around uh, speaking and hearing mm-hmm. that kind of comes up in here, right? So this, this guy that comes is blind and mute, right? So uh, in theory, right, he can't see, he can't talk. Uh, then it kind of goes into the, the next kind of section here where it's like uh, the Pharisees are kind of saying some, you know, th- throwing some shade at Jesus, right? Saying some bad things. Then Jesus comes back and says his own, say, hey, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you what my kingdom looks like. Yeah. And then 
and he and he heals this guy too, right? And so it almost looks that that Jesus, this kingdom Jesus is inaugurating, is one that brings physical healing, mm-hmm. right? The healing of blindness and muteness and deafness, but also brings spiritual healing, right? So you can see, you can hear, you can respond to what the Spirit is doing when you're in the kingdom that Jesus is, is bringing forth. So I thought that was interesting to kind of see that woven throughout there, this language revolving around how we see, how we interact, not only physically, but also spiritually healing Jesus offers in his kingdom. Yeah, I, I thought that same thing I had. I had written down kingdom of Satan and kingdom of God, and I had this contrast of light and dark and healing and captive and, you know, just yeah. there's just a, a ton of different things there. Also saw, hey, uh, Eric, we, we've kind of mentioned before, a lot of people think that Jesus is the the nice guy, you know, God in the Old Testament. Oh, like, yeah, God is being an angry in the Old right? Testament and Jesus, Jesus is all nice and happy all the right. time. He he calls the Pharisees, you brood of vipers. Yeah. And I was like, oh, he's starting, he's calling he's calling, calling him out there, you know, the Speaking truth in love is not always. Yeah. You know. Sometimes it hurts to hear that. Yeah, right? For sure. For sure. Uh, one of the things I, I thought was interesting was uh, for the mouth speaks what the heart is mm-hmm. full of. That could sound like flowery poetry, but isn't, it's just so, if you really kind of sit and you think, you know, what's been coming out of my mouth yeah. lately? You know what I mean? What's coming out of the Pharisee's mouth here? You know what I mean? Um, it's just not, it's just evident of our speech can be evident of what we're kind of wrestling with in our, of the kingdom we're trying to participate in. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Any other observations you want to throw on the table before we move to message? Hmm. Nah. No. All right. All right. Well, with that said, (laughs) I feel like there was something he wasn't going to tell us there. It was, he's waiting for it. So with that said, we'll kind of turn into the, the next letter, the M, the first M. Uh, we're going to go with message today. Uh, so as we look at these observations, as we engage this text, uh, what's the message we feel like we can draw for, uh, for our own understandings today? Uh, my message was uh, check your heart. Hmm. Um, it's just, I just go back to that, that, uh, that verse 34, for the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. Uh, because like you're just kind of just looking, talking about like uh, the speech, you know what I mean? Like the, yeah. the talking uh, can kind of show evidence of, of what kind of kingdom you're participating in yeah. for sure. Yeah, sure. that was mine. Ferris, you got a message you want to lay on us? Mm. I think uh, I'm, I'm looking at verses 33 to 37 mm-hmm. right now as I think about this. And I'm starting at the beginning where the Pharisees make an accusation. This Jesus is doing these things by the power of evil spirits. So they're saying something about what's inside Jesus, yeah. right? And then Jesus goes through his, his response, and in verses 33 through 37, right, it says, can you make uh, make a tree good and its fruit will be good, right? Uh, make a tree bad, the fruit will be bad. Uh, then he calls them a brood of vipers. Um, how do you... They, this is great. He almost flips it, right? <laughs> yeah. You're the ones who are evil. How right. could you How could you guys... You're saying I'm evil. You guys are the ones who are evil. How could anything good come out of your mouth, right? And he's saying, if you're filled with bad things bad things are going to eventually come out of your mouth. Mm-hmm. If you're filled with good things, good things are going to come out of your mouth. And so I, I think as I just look at the totality of Jesus' answer, and and his general answer is, you say I'm doing this by evil spirits. Mm-hmm. I'm telling you it's by the Holy Spirit. And so if Matthew is trying to introduce us to Jesus, I think what we're getting here is the goodness of Jesus... Mm-hmm. And the difference between the two kingdoms, right? 
kingdom of darkness uh, versus the kingdom of God, and the difference between evil spirits and the Holy Spirit. And so, as I'm trying as I'm trying to dial into a message here, um, it is as I'm reading through the Gospel of Matthew, I'm starting to be confronted with a choice. Hmm. And so, I think maybe my message is make sure you know who this Jesus is. I don't even know if that's a good message, but the Pharisees obviously didn't know who Jesus was. Right, right. Mm-hmm. Right. So, and they were accusing him of all kinds of things, which people do all the time. Yep. Right? So I, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stay with that very simple. Yeah. Just make sure you know who this Jesus is. Yeah, yeah. And I would love to piggyback off of that, even as, you know, Nikki, you mentioned at the top that I get to deal mostly with students, right? I get to pastor high school students, college students. And I think that who is this Jesus is a question people are asking today, right? I mean, we, we look at the context our students are engaged in, and probably the whole of our church is engaged in, and it's, you know, we're defining Jesus kind of by whatever we're comfortable with sometimes. And so I think reading through the Gospels is a chance for us to see Jesus as he displays himself, right? Here's who I am, right? And here's what it looks like to follow after me. So I think that's, a, that's, a, that's an, awesome, an awesome point there. Uh, yeah, I, I kind of got out of this, like, Jesus is king, right? He is the son of David that they were asking the question at the beginning of this passage, who is this Jesus guy? Is he son of David? Yes, Jesus is king, and in his kingdom, there's life, right? There's life, there's healing, there's freedom from these other things, right? Uh, and you can decide, are you in or are you out, right? Are you in or are you out? Whatever your choice is, it's going to be evidenced by the way you live your life, right? By what you speak coming out of your heart, by the fruit that your life produces, uh, you get to choose. Do you want to be a part of this kingdom that Jesus is bringing about, this kingdom of life, this kingdom of light, this kingdom of healing, or would you choose something else? And then again, you kind of get that litmus test there at the bottom, like either way, kind of take stock, right? What are you saying? What's coming out of your mouth? What's the fruit your life is bearing? And you can kind of decide for yourself where, where you want to end up with that. Yeah. Can I adapt my message? Please. Mm. Okay. We've never from, done this before. I know. This is a, this is, this is a new move. So I said, make sure you know who this Jesus is. May, maybe a more accurate way to say it is make sure you're honest hmm. about who you think Jesus is. And, and the reason I'm adapting that a little bit is I don't think the Pharisees were being honest. Do you guys really think that the Pharisees thought Jesus was driving out demons by demons? Hmm. I think they saw with their eyes, they heard, they knew. Hmm. They knew the truth about who Jesus is. I don't, I don't think for a second they thought that he was doing things by evil spirits. And I think what he's calling out is, especially with his first answer, which is, all right, guys, it makes no sense. Like a kingdom divided against itself sure. can't stand. Like I think what he's saying is you guys aren't even being honest about what you're seeing and mm. what you're hearing. You know who I am, and you are still mm. stubbornly choosing for whatever reason to reject me. And I think that's where you get into some of the harsh, what seems like harsh uh, Interesting, yeah. commentary from yeah. Jesus later on about good trees, bad trees, uh, blaspheming the, the Holy Spirit. Um, yeah. I think, I think what, what Jesus is telling them is you're making a choice right now that is going to put you outside of the kingdom of God, and the kingdom of God is both now mm. and for, an all, for all eternity, And so, which makes sense in verse 32 and where he says... Mm-hmm. Anyone who speaks against the Holy Spirit will not be forgiven either in this age or in the age to come. I, I think what he's telling the, the, the Pharisees that were rejecting him is, you are currently making an eternal choice. Right. So be very honest about who I am. That's why I wanted to adapt my answer yeah, a little no, that's bit. Yeah, that's good. We could ride that for a long time. I feel like it's a good, good point. Yeah. Uh, well, 
I remember early on in the in the life of the Bible Savvy podcast, I believe it was Ferris who, who made this statement, uh, something along the lines of there are no wrong observations, uh, but there can be wrong messages and applications. Uh, and so I think what would be really valuable, one of the, the next letter we go into is meditation, where we give everybody about 45 seconds or so to kind of meditate on a message, right? And so it would be to take the time to stop and consider kind of what we've discussed, but also as they've read the passage, what's the message sticking out to them? And then spending 45 seconds meditating on that. So in, in our case, it looks like we're kind of pointing to this this. Jesus is king, right? What does it look like to participate in his kingdom, being honest about what you think of him? So maybe we're going to give everybody 45 seconds to kind of think on that, meditate on that, pray on that, and we'll come back for some application to close it out. So our last letter uh, is the letter A for application. So we want to walk away with something, something to hold on to, something to do. So Nikki, what's your application here? Um, I was thinking, uh, just going back to, you know, for the mouth speaks what the heart is full of, uh, what is your mouth speaking lately? You know, is it words of hope and truth or life, goodness, or is it disgust and slander, lies, hatred, you know, just, just pay attention to what your attitude is and assess what's coming out of your mouth. Uh, because it could be that, uh, you know, the, the kingdom of Satan, the, the enemy and sin is, is creeping in and uh, trying to hold us captive and experiencing the, the freedom and the healing and the life that Jesus wants us to experience. So it's that, that, that whole kingdom difference, you know? Yeah, that's really good. Yeah, I'd sum it up with, yeah, choose your kingdom, right? Like you said, yeah. you're choosing this way, you're choosing that way, choose your kingdom. I think both of those are great, and we want to give Josh a few minutes here, since he was so gracious to be the first ever guest comma guy, we give him a few moments to talk about what is going on in high school and college ministry land at Christ Community Church. Yeah, so we actually have an event coming up this week that we are pretty excited about. Uh, April 23rd, we got something we're calling Parent Pathway Live, Anxious for Nothing. So we're doing a, an event for parents, guardians, grandparents to equip them with some tools and resources and partnership even for how they lead the young people in their life through the anxieties that they're experiencing. So if we look at like the average uh, child, really, kid, teenager, even young adult, uh, they are carrying around so much anxiety and stress as it relates to their everyday life. And sometimes parents just feel outmatched by that. And like, I don't even know how to like handle this. And I, like, I have their own life stresses. How do I handle that of my own child? So we want to create this event for parents. It's going to be live streamed uh, on uh, that Friday night. And so we're really excited about this. We encourage everybody to tune in for that. We have a special guest coming to, uh, a, a psychologist who loves Jesus and loves young people. who's going to come and share some tools and some expertise with us as well. So it's going to be fantastic. You can check it out at uh, cccslife.org slash parentpathway. Awesome. Well, Josh, thank you so much for joining us. It was uh, really great to have you help us uh, apply this passage to our lives. 
It was a joy. Thank you. All right, friends, that is all that we have for you. Thanks for joining us today. Be sure to join us for another new episode next Monday. In the meantime, if you are not following along with the reading plan, check out BibleSavvy.com to download it and start reading along. You can also subscribe and leave a review on whatever platform you're listening on. You can email us your questions or suggestions at podcast at BibleSavvy.com. And lastly, you can tell your friends, and we'll talk to you next week.